0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we receive this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 to 30. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple." And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth amen when and if you decide to buy a house there are many things to consider the banker of course will help you decide what the mortgage is that you can afford but there are many other costs to owning a house cleaning and maintenance and yard work insurance and taxes and many other things as well that ought to be considered yet Despite the work and sometimes the high cost, most of us would probably agree that it's worth it. It's worth it to have your own home. In our text, Jesus speaks of the cost of discipleship. And he wants us to understand, to make no doubt in our mind, that the cost can be high. He says to us, whoever will not bear his cross cannot be my disciple. When Jesus speaks of bearing our crosses, that's a, a phrase that we probably use quite a bit. I have this or that cross to bear. We often use it symbolically. We often use it metaphorically for problems in our life. And sometimes we use it for very small problems. Very insignificant problems. My wife is always telling me what to do. That's my cross to bear, someone might say. My wife doesn't do that. I don't don't want to give you the wrong impression of of Vanessa. But (laughs) that's something that uh, we sometimes hear. Sometimes we do use it for more significant problems. And there is a right way to understand the tribulations of this life as part of the cross uh, that we bear that is true. True. But ultimately, Jesus is talking about something far more, far greater than day-to-day problems, isn't he? When Jesus speaks of bearing our cross, he is using the word symbolically, metaphorically, but in a way that's different from the way we often use it because he's using it as a symbol of death. That's what the cross is, isn't it? The cross was an instrument of death. It's a symbol of death. And when Jesus says, you must bear your cross, he's telling us we must bear death. We must accept it. We must, through death, follow Jesus. Because it's through death that we enter into the kingdom of God. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 4, the Holy Spirit expands through the Apostle Paul. The very thing Jesus is talking about uh, in our Gospel reading this morning and helps us to understand it better. Second Corinthians 4, 8-11 We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Carrying about in our body the death, the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is talking about. Bearing death. Accepting death as part of our life as Christians. This is the cost of following Him. And so one might very naturally asked then, why? Why bear death? Why be like Paul, who talks about being hard pressed and perplexed and forsaken and struck down and carrying death? Well, a couple of verses before uh, 2 Corinthians 4 8, Paul tells us why. 2 Corinthians 4 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Yes, the price is high. Yes, we often go through suffering and tribulation. And yes, we must go through death to enter the kingdom. But the reward is the glory of Jesus Christ shining in our hearts. The walk is difficult, but the goal is the kingdom and the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Jesus calls us to understand the cost, not in order to dissuade us, not because it's not worth it, but in order to prepare us. So we might know the cost that we may pay, but that we may continue steadfast in His grace in the light of Christ. At the beginning of our text, the multitudes are following Jesus. Luke 14, 25, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If you're going to follow somebody, it's probably worth it to ask the person where they're going. You might want to find out where someone's going if you're you're going to follow them. The crowds don't bother to do that. The crowds are following Jesus, but they don't have any idea where he's headed. In our text, Jesus is headed towards Jerusalem. He is literally walking to Jerusalem in order to die. That's where Jesus is headed. All these people are following him, they don't understand that. Jesus wants them to know that. He wants them to understand and realize, if they're going to follow him, where he's going. I don't know how many of you are familiar with this, this kind of new fad right now, tiny houses. It's kind of the new thing for, for people to build, buy, live in. It's like, it's like it's a competition to see who can live in the smallest house possible. It's all over YouTube, Instagram, it's all over the, the web, how to, how to build these houses. The, uh, uh, earlier this week I ran across a, a video, a YouTube video, a realtor was talking about the downsides. You would think it would be pretty obvious, it's a tiny house, it's... The downsides are pretty obvious, but she was talking about some of the other costs, some of the other downsides, the five biggest lies of tiny houses. She wasn't trying to dissuade people from from living in a tiny house if that's what they want to do, but she wanted them to understand that there are a lot of unforeseen costs. You can't get a traditional home mortgage, for example, and if your fridge breaks, it might be very expensive to replace because you have to get a very specific model that, that fits in your house. That was just some of them. Like tiny houses, following Jesus was the in thing. It was the fad to do. There's multitudes following him. I mean, after all, you get free uh, Friday fish fry with bread, right? You get to see lots of miracles. Jesus was taking down the the stuffed shirt bureaucrats, right? People always like to to follow, to listen to somebody who's going up against the authority. Following Jesus was The thing to do. Everyone was excited to do it. The multitudes are out there following him, but they don't understand the cost. Jesus turns to them. He says, you need to know where I am going. Because I am going to the cross. And if you're going to follow me, you're going to follow me to the cross and to death. This is a cost that most of the Jews, most of those multitudes that were following Him were not willing to pay. Paul talks about that also in 1 Corinthians one twenty three. We preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block. They were willing to follow Jesus when He was doing miracles, but they were not willing to follow a Savior who was going to die. That's was a stumbling block to them. And remember what they shouted when Jesus was on the cross? Mark 15, 31 and 32. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, he saved others, himself he cannot save. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Notice what they're saying. If you come down from the cross, we will accept you as Savior. But as long as you are on the cross... You're not our our Messiah. You're not our Savior. They were willing to follow Jesus, but they were not willing to follow Him to the cross. They were not willing to follow Him into death. Nothing has changed since those days, is it? Lots of people are willing to talk about Jesus. Lots of people are are happy to talk about Christianity and the Word of God. Lots of people are happy to consider Jesus as a prophet, but not willing to follow him to the cross. Not willing to accept death. How many times have you heard somebody say something to the effect that, well, if God were really a loving God, he would not allow, he would not do dot, dot, dot. What they're really saying is, I'm only willing to accept a God that doesn't involve death. I'm only willing to accept a God if He removes crosses and tribulation and death from my life. I'm not willing to accept a God where tribulation, where death is a part of His salvation, a part of His plan, a part of my life. The problem is, that's where Jesus is headed. The problem is that is God's plan for Jesus. It is through death that He brings our salvation. It's through the cross that He forgives our sins. And it's through our death that we enter into that kingdom of God. You can't follow Jesus without following Him into death. Jesus makes this very clear in the next verse. Verse 26 of Acts. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. This is very clear here. The cost of following me is the loss of everything. Not possibly, not maybe. Maybe you will lose all before you can gain the kingdom. Jesus would have us consider that cost now. Consider what it means to follow him rather than to begin and turn back. Paul talks about this in Acts 14.22. We must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Now, the thing that I think is a little funny about this passage is that this is Paul's pep talk. Paul's going around to the, uh, to the churches the congregations in Asia and trying to encourage them. We can look at the whole verse here. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. On the, on the face of it, that seems kind of counterproductive. You guys need some encouragement? There's plenty of tribulation to go around. But it, it is encouraging. Because we do go through tribulation. We do suffer. We do bear death and all of its consequences. Sin and all that that means, we do bear that in our life. And when that comes into our life, we often feel like God has abandoned us. We often feel like there must be something wrong. Maybe somewhere we got on the wrong path. And both Jesus and Paul encourage us with the reminder that no. Christ hasn't abandoned you. It doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. This is what it means to walk with Jesus. The path of Christ is the path of the cross. Through tribulation, we enter the kingdom of God. Through death, we enter the kingdom of God. Rather than being discouraged, it's a reminder of what Christ did for us. It's a reminder of God's promises if you're going to follow Jesus, you will have tribulation. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Why? Why is it necessary for us to follow Jesus to the cross? Why can't we just say, well, you know, Jesus, you're going to die for our sins. That's great. You go ahead and do that. We'll wait here and have a picnic and We'll be here when you rise again. You, you, you take the suffering. We don't want it in our life. Well, Jesus doesn't, God's word doesn't always explain to us uh, every situation and, and every reason why God allows sin and suffering in our life and, and even death. But he does give us some reasons. In fact, Paul had this very same question. Remember Paul, he had tribulation, and he prayed to God asking the very question, why must I bear this cross? And in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 8, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times That it might depart from me. Notice that last verse. I pleaded with the Lord three times. Paul was bearing this this suffering, this cross, and he's pleading with the Lord why? Why Why do I have to carry this? I could do so much more for you, Lord, if you took away this thorn in my flesh. Now, the answer that you often hear, the answer that we might be quick to say is well, it makes us stronger. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? How many times have you heard that? It's actually not true, right? There are plenty of things that don't kill us, but also don't make us stronger. There are plenty of things that weaken us. And what Paul is talking about here is not something that made him stronger. He's very clear about this. That this caused weakness in his life. That it kept him humble. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. It's not that it makes Paul stronger. In fact, it does the exact opposite. It makes Paul weaker. And that's what Paul talks about in 9 and 10, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities than, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We had a dumbbell out here earlier. You know, if we picked that up and lifted it, uh, I don't know, 20 times a day, you know, and set it down, it would make us stronger, that's true. But carrying a cross on our back, It's not something we lift for 20 minutes and set aside. It's something that's there. Especially here with Paul, this was something that was with him always and weakened him. But That was exactly the point. The point was to teach Paul. That's what God says. The point was to teach Paul his weakness so that he learned to trust in Christ's strength instead. We don't always know why God does things. He does reveal to us that th- this is one of the reasons why we suffer in this life. So that we learn to set aside trust in ourselves. So that we realize how weak we are in ourselves and we learn instead to, cry, to trust Christ's strength and His power so that in, in the darkness we learn to look to the cross. We have that beautiful hymn which reminds us, hold thou thy cross before my closing eyes. That's our our prayer. That's our petition, right? When things are difficult, when things are dark, when death is closing in, that the cross of Christ may shine all the more brightly in our lives and give us the strength of Christ. When we're young, There's so much to look forward to. There's so much in our lives that it's easy to get distracted, thinking about what our lives are going to be like, thinking about what we're going to do. As we grow older, we walk day by day, we walk closer and closer to death. And there's less. There's less in the world, there's less in our lives Death becomes greater. Life becomes less. That darkness is closing in. But there at the center is Christ. As the things of this world fade away, the the cross of Christ shines all the greater. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to visit elderly people in the funeral home, people who have lost a lot, Even off in their minds. Sometimes they don't remember their own children or who they are. But they almost always remember Psalm 23. They almost always remember the Lord's Prayer. And I am Jesus' little lamb, and Jesus loves me. The darkness grows around us. But the cross of Christ is the light. At the end of that tunnel, and as the darkness grows, that light shines greater, brighter, more brilliantly. The cost is high. When we follow Jesus, he wants us to understand that we will follow him someday into death. But through that death, he is going to give us the kingdom and eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. Through his death, he won those gifts for us. And through our death, we receive the fullness of all that he's done for us. Even heaven and being with him. We bear death. We bear death because through it we receive the kingdom. Amen the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.